You are listening to the Uplevel Lounge podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Froelich, a business coach and strategist who helps female entrepreneurs uplevel their business with practical strategies, a rewired mindset, and the accountability to make it stick. With over 15 years of collective hands-on experience in corporate and the entrepreneurial space, I bring a unique and diverse perspective when it comes to helping women grow their businesses. My own business experienced massive growth when I started investing in my business and working with a coach. Now I am here to share those same strategies and insights with you right here week after week. If you are looking for clarity on your business direction and accountability on your goals, then you are in the right place. Let's jump into today's episode. Okay, I am super excited. We are here recording part two of an incredible podcast talking all about defining success and confidence. And I am just blessed to have my dear friend, Nicole Khalil here. She is an in-demand speaker and the dynamic host of This Is Women's Work podcast. She's known as the Confident Sherpa and she reveals how-to strategies that set her apart from other self-help experts. Previously a Fortune 100 C-suite executive, she's helped thousands of women reclaim their confidence so they can live authentically, both personally and professionally. So if that alone does not tell you why I love this woman, then I don't know what does. So Nicole and I met at a retreat in person last year, and within 30 seconds of just sharing where we were at in our business journey, it was instant synergy. I felt like this woman gets me and we have so many similarities in terms of our personality and our beliefs and also being moms of daughters, one child mamas. And I just want to also say that that was something that, you know, we talked in your podcast about, oh my gosh, this person gets me in terms of redefining what I want in this next phase of business. But it was also validating for me to meet somebody else that felt like it was enough to have one child. And I feel like, especially in this day and age, there's always the more, the more, the more. And I've always known that I was meant to have one. And there was also that bond there. So just so many layers. Anyway, so happy to have you here with us. I am so happy to be here and to continue the conversation we had on on my podcast, because like you just said, when we met and the words that were coming out of your mouth, it was like, okay, thank God there's somebody out there that's thinking what I'm thinking. It kind of almost gave permission. And also just that feeling of like, God, I'm not alone. Sometimes it feels very lonely doing what we do. So anyway, I'm happy to be here. Let's start with that kind of like recapping that conversation for everybody too. As I remember it, it was something to the effect of, you know, so what are you hoping to get out of this weekend? And for me, what I remember saying was, well, I'm in this massive growth phase of my business and I don't know what the next phase looks like, but I also don't know if I want to work more than I am right now. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to explore what it would be like to be happy where I'm at, but I felt so uncomfortable saying that to you. I felt like this isn't what you're supposed to want. This isn't what you're supposed to say. Like, that's what I, you're supposed to want more and to make it to the millions and the da, da, da. Like, that's what was actually going on in my head. So what do you remember about that? I remember exactly that. And I remember that feeling of, oh, thank God somebody just said that because I was at a kind 
of a pivot stage of my professional career because I had spent the bulk of my, you know, working life chasing promotions, chasing income, you know, being growth oriented. And for me, that meant having my best year ever year over year and strategizing and planning and hiring more people. And and it was always, like you said, more. And I walked into that retreat not knowing the answer to what's next, but knowing that I had zero interest in more. I was like, can somebody tell me how to like have less? (laughs) Um, And so, you you know, you saying that just, I believe the universe brings us messaging and people and moments that we need. And the retreat was awesome, but that was the, the, what I needed in that moment. So yeah. Yeah, I I can, that will be one of those moments that is forever burned into my brain. Like I can see it so clearly. And it was like, if I don't get anything else out of this weekend, like this is enough for me. Somebody who sees me and gets it. And I'm not crazy for feeling that right now success could look like sustaining what I've already created. It doesn't have to be about more, even though more was already written out in all my plans and that was because that's what you're supposed to do, right? What's the next level? Instead of what if the next level looked like next level me, next level enjoyment of life, not next level bank account, right? So that's really what we're going to talk about today. So well, and can I add that the funny part of all of this was, I think it was the first exercise of the retreat. And like, it it was meant to be a 10 minute, like intro, get to know each other, icebreaker type thing. And you and I are like sobbing. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, I don't cry. I'm like, yes, I totally forgot about that. I'm not a crier, but we were like sobbing in the corner in the icebreaker. So, you know, it's clearly one of those moments. Yeah. I think that was it. I didn't realize how much I had bottled up and then somebody who just got me and I didn't have to explain my backstory. And it was like, we dove right into talking about where we're at right now and what we wanted. And there was just this common bond and it was very uncomfortable for both of us because we really, and we talked about this in your podcast, we have a lot more masculine energy. We're tough. We figure stuff out. We have it together. And so I think to be instantly vulnerable with one another, just deepen the bond. But the fact that we were comfortable doing that speaks, I mean, volumes. Totally. So let's talk about this thing called success, right? Because we've mentioned it a couple of times. And in your podcast that we just recorded, I shared how I define success right now. So I would love for you to share how you define success and what that evolution has kind of looked like. And what are then we'll get into the pieces and parts that contribute to making all of that possible. But right now, if I ask you, Nicole, how do you define success? What do you want to tell us? Yeah, I would start by saying it evolved. And you talked about having seasons in your life. And and I couldn't agree more. In my 20s, success was about income, status, promotions, buying the home, having the car, the designer clothes. And I'm not saying any of those things are bad or wrong in and of themselves, but I was so caught up in what it looked like from the outside looking in that I created this situation where I didn't like myself. I didn't know myself. I didn't, there wasn't the way that it looked on the outside did not match at all what it was like on the inside. And so 
then it sort of evolved into in my thirties, it, it was success was around building my confidence and really finding out what I was meant for and what was meant for me and what wasn't and learning to say no a little bit more and starting my business and, and walking away from an uber successful, stable career to start something new. And, and at this season of my life, I don't know that I have it totally defined. I'm, I'm, I'm in this sort of transition period, but what I will tell you is success means being able to sit down with my family for dinner every night. Success means feeling that the work that I'm doing is having great impact and making a big difference. Success means not having to ask permission from my bank account or from my calendar to do what it is that feels right or that lights me up or that brings me joy. And that doesn't mean, you know, that I get to do whatever I want whenever I want. It's that I don't feel limited by or or, or that I don't, you know, feel like I don't have the time or don't have the money to do the things that are, that are really important. Success means being able to show up for my kids events when whatever time of day they are or whenever they're happening. Success means prioritizing my relationship with my husband so that we create a marriage unlike any I've ever experienced or seen. Like we're defining what that looks like for us. Success means feeling comfortable in my own skin, liking who I am and what I do and who I'm doing it with. Success means boundaries. So there is a lot at play in this definition and professional success and income and achievements are part of it. So I just released a book, having it be a a number one bestseller on Amazon was important to me. Was it going to ruin my life if it didn't happen? No, but it was a part of a piece of the puzzle of, of my definition of success. So I guess what I would say is that it's a, become a much bigger puzzle with a lot more pieces. Like now it's a 1500 piece puzzle when it used to be like a two piece puzzle. It was, it was income and promotions, right? And so it's, it's, it's this really evolving, growing thing. You said so many things there that are gems, but the one that just made me like had a full body reaction to was success means liking how I feel in my own skin. And man, that is so important. I think to the sustainability of just everything, right? Your joy, your happiness, like that is a, that's an ingredient that is going to make or break the recipe. So what are some specific things that you found yourself doing that maybe you didn't do a year or two years ago to really pour into that, to feeling good in your own skin? Yeah. So I'm a confidence junkie, right? Like I'm obsessed with confidence and read and research and test out and observe and and work with clients and, and all of that. So it all falls back to this definition of confidence that I have, which is knowing who you are, owning who you're not, and choosing to embrace all of it. And for me, part of that is understanding that it's only ever always going to be a journey. Who I am is growing and evolving, and I get to be in relationship with myself. And ultimately, feeling comfortable in my own skin is having an appreciation and a self-awareness of who I am and, and what's not meant for me. But it's also this element, this core thing of trusting myself. 
I trust myself. I trust that I can learn. I trust that I can figure it out. I trust that I can get on the other side of hard times. I trust that something's not meant for me and I fail or that I can pick myself up, dust myself off, get back into action towards what really matters. And it's this feeling of trust. And we talk about happiness and I love happiness, but I I don't expect to feel happy all the time. And I found great value in learning to trust myself in the tough times learning to trust myself when I'm losing or when I'm failing or when I've made a mistake or when things seem really hard or when, you know, life happens that is outside of my control, trusting myself in those moments, trusting that I'll be okay, trusting that I'll figure it out, trusting that even if I don't have the answers, I can learn and I can grow and all of these things have purpose. Trusting myself to me is that feeling of being comfortable in my own skin, no matter what is going on around me. Hmm. Let's dig into that a little bit more. So, because I imagine that what people are are wondering as they listen to this is how do I learn to trust myself, right? Did you always trust yourself to this degree? She's shaking her head, like no No. way. (laughs) So what can you share about that journey? If somebody is like, I don't trust myself. I don't even know how to start. Like, where do you start? Yeah. So I'm, I'm very tactical by nature. That's that more masculine side. So like, I don't talk about doing things without having a how-to guide and 17 steps and (laughs) all that. So I I actually go through five confidence builders in, in my book And one of those builders is building internal trust. And I give like a top 10 and there's, so there's so many ways to do this, but here's what I'd invite you to think about. How do you build trust with anyone else? How do you build trust with your spouse, your best friend, a a close coworker? How do they build trust with you? Because there are some generalities, but trust is an individual experience with an individual feeling. So what builds trust for me may not be the exact same as what builds trust for you. But if you think about how you build trust with other people, it'll give you insight into what's important to you as it relates to trust. Then once you have those answers, turn them inward. So I'll give you an example. For me, I trust people who keep their commitments, right? So this is not about perfection. Nobody keeps 100% of their commitments 100% of the time, but we trust people, generally speaking, who do what they say they're going to do. And we tend to not trust people who flake out all the time. So if I know that that is important to me as it relates to trust, how do I turn that inward? Well, I started recognizing where I was keeping commitments and where I wasn't. So as an example... I'm much better at keeping the commitments I make to other people than I am the ones that I make to myself. So if I have a deadline at work or if I commit to a client or if I tell my child that I'll pick her up at a certain time, you can take that to the bank. That commitment is is done. But I wasn't following through on the commitments to take care of myself, to work out three to four days a week, to drink enough water, to eat healthy. You said this earlier and it just to eat enough protein. There are things that I was committing to myself, but absolutely not following through on. I was letting them go by the wayside. And I didn't recognize how much I was chipping away at and doing damage to the trust that I had for myself, with myself. And if confidence is about trusting yourself, then you got to be able to 
keep and follow through on the commitments you make to and for yourself. So that's an example, but there are so many more. Communicating healthy boundaries is definitely a trust builder. Standing up for yourself, speaking your truth, sleep. I know that sounds silly, but you know when oh, we don't yeah. get enough sleep, we're basically operating in our day-to-day life like a drunk person. And let's be honest, nobody really trusts a drunk person. So there's so <laughs> many ways that we can build trust within ourselves, but I would invite you to start with whatever's most important to you first and, and turning that inward. Yeah. I, you said so many great things there. And one that stood out to me is learning to lean into you know, what you're good at and what you're not. So honoring that piece of it to trust yourself that if I am in this space of doing what I meant to do, going back to that thing, like it's going to work out. And I think something that I would add to this list is like literally making yourself a list of all the times that it's been scary and it's worked out like that you have shown up for yourself, that you have done hard things that you have pushed through or that you've blown your own mind in terms of goals or whatever the things are. If you get some evidence, right. It's really hard to deny that we go into this space of telling ourselves these stories that are actually not true, that maybe somebody else said to us 15 years ago, or we heard our parents say, or whatever, and that becomes our narrative, that becomes the tapes we're playing in our head, but those aren't actually our stories. So we have to get this evidence that something else is actually true. You are dead on as it relates to confidence. So that negative voice I call head trash. And I, I call it that because I want it to sound as disgusting and dirty as it actually is, right? So head trash are the things that we say to ourselves about ourselves that are never kind and very rarely true, but we interact and operate as if it is true, as if it's fact. And so many people have contributed to our head trash, whether it be exes, bosses, bullies, well-intentioned family and friends. There's so much noise, social media, the shoulds, the shouldn'ts. There's so much noise going on in our in our mind and it isn't serving us. And, and, and part of the opportunity as it relates to trusting ourselves and confidence building is learning to separate the noise from our inner knowing, from our inner truth. And I would like to add too, as women, we have this thing that we think we're supposed to be all things to all people all the time. And it's crap. It's an unachievable, unattainable goal. Perfectionism is not available to any of us. That's just not a, a reality. So there's freedom and joy in discovering and uncovering what's not meant for us, what we're not meant for, who is not meant for us, what is not meant for us. It's really incredible. On top of that, this idea of letting go of this belief that we're supposed to be universally liked. Mm. You are not a pizza. Not everybody's going to like you, right? Like (laughs) we can't people please our way into joy. We can't perfectionism our way into confidence. It just, it doesn't work. So it, it really is this narrowing down of who we are and what we're meant for and the confidence to the trust of being able to say no to and for what isn't. Mm. I want to read this part on the back of your book that is just so amazing. When you begin to listen to and connect with yourself again, you begin the process of rebuilding trust, which leads to real lasting confidence. Yeah. And 
that just is like a showstopper for me in the sense of like, you have to be real with yourself, right? What are you doing to truly connect with yourself? Yeah. And if the answer is, I don't know, or nothing like prioritize that thing, prioritize that over everything else right now, not the next marketing strategy, not the next offer, not the next, you know, knock it out of the park so that you get the promotion, like prioritize you because that will pay off. Right. That's going to the change. Totally. And it's really interesting in business. You, you know, you work with a lot of women in business as I do. I find women try very hard to appeal to far too many people, to too wide of an audience. The most successful people I know are the people who are so firmly grounded in who they are and what they have to offer that the people who are meant for them or they're meant for literally are they're gravitating to them. And it's so obvious. It's think about it though. Mathematically, if you got 50, I'm sorry, if you got 1% of the population to give your business $50 one time, you would make $165 million. Like you'd be a multi-millionaire with this idea that we're trying to appeal to 99% of the people, it's not working. We have to know who we are so that the right clients and the right people and the right business come to us. I think being wishy-washy or too neutral or too general is actually one of our biggest challenges as women in business. Mm. Two things that are coming to mind as I listen to that. So one of them is this idea that, you know, as women, we are trying to be universally liked by everyone. True statement. But what's interesting about that, those of you that have daughters, right? Do you want your daughter to feel like that? Hell no. And so it was having a child that really made me think differently in terms about what I was doing, right? I'm going to tell you a little story. My mom, amazing woman in terms of work ethic, never knew how to relax, take care of herself. I was a teacher. I remember the summer would come and instead of being like, oh, it's summertime, I'm going to relax. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to put shingles on the house by myself. Right. And she did an amazing job, but like, that's what I saw that success was an output of effort, right? There was never any rest and relaxation. I didn't get my first pedicure until I was in my thirties. So a big piece of the work that I'm doing to trust myself more is to trust myself in terms of self-care and relaxing and that doing something different than what was mirrored to me or in the environment I was raised is not going to create failure. It can instead create growth, right? But it is really scary to do something different than what you were taught. And so I'm changing what success looks like, not just for myself, but for my daughter. And I certainly don't want her to feel that I have to make everyone like me, or I have Mm -hmm. to be good at all the things. And so part of my work of getting curious about who I am, it's also so that I can help her know who she is a lot sooner than I did. Right. So that was just like, I'm like, oh my gosh, my head is exploding as you're talking about that because it's so, so good. Yeah. And it's funny. We have this thing about taking care of ourselves as selfish. And that's like the worst thing a woman can be right. Like that we're, and first of all, I don't buy into that. I don't taking care of yourself for the sake of taking care of yourself is not selfish, but 
let's set that aside for a second. If you actually want to be the best for your daughter or your son or your family or your, your work, Mm -hmm. bringing your best, your full energy, your healthiest mentally, emotionally, and physically, wouldn't that serve people best? Mm. This idea that it's selfish is crazy to me. It's actually how we give. I mean, we've all heard the airplane analogy, right? That you put the oxygen mask on yourself first so that you can help others. And then something that you said too triggered this thought. I, I use that as a guide a lot because I have a daughter. It's like, what would I want for her? And then how do I demonstrate that? Because if I want it for her, it's because I love her so much. Shouldn't we first and foremost be somebody that we love too? So if I would do this for her, if I would want this or not want this for her, then I try to apply that to myself. So this is a silly example, but I have a love-hate relationship with social media. And by that, I mean, I mostly hate it, but I understand (laughs) that there's a business purpose to it. And so I've gone back and forth and back and forth. And in this last year, I've had really good success on social media. It it took me four years to get 3,000 followers and like four months to get 30,000 followers. And things are really working so much so that people are constantly reaching out to me. Like, how are you getting so much engagement on social media? So why am I telling you this? Because I'm literally about to get off of social media. Even after the growth and the success and, and, and the, like, I feel like I've kind of figured it out a little bit. I'm like, is this what I would want my daughter to do? Like, I can't find a single human who's like, I would really like my children to live their lives on social media and really be focused on, on growth there. And I've just gotten to the point where it's like, I'm not anti-social media. I'm saying it does not feel good in my body. Every time I need to go in and write the post and do the comments and respond, it does something physically where I'm like, this is not meant for me. I'm not meant for this. And so I'm stopping. I have no idea what that means for my business growth or income or career trajectory. I just know that I trust that Hmm. this isn't meant for me at this time. And I'm going to listen to that and we'll see what happens. I was like, this is, you're painting the epitome of the picture of trust right there. Like, I don't know I'm trusting, right? And that is embodied leadership right there. That's like, I have built the skills and the confidence and the know-how, and now I'm going to trust that to carry me forward into the unknown because as a leader, we go first. And I think that word, I want to talk a little bit about that for a second, That was so corporate to me for so long. I'm just allowing myself to use it now in my work because it's so important that even if we are a solopreneur, a company of one, like leading ourselves is really important. And it is not just for them, right? These stories that are, are, we tell ourselves and we've acquired all of these things. And so I want you to look at Nicole has talked a lot about the confidence and the trust and like, how are you showing up as a leader and what does that even mean to you? And I, what's been amazing to me, and this is a big phase of like where I'm going in the next couple of years based on passion and wanting to lean into that more. I assume that everybody who had a business was also a natural leader, but I've had so many conversations in the past couple of months with clients that are like, I don't even know what that means. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really, really powerful. 
thank you for the vulnerability of saying, I don't know what that means because I'm like, oh, this is like, let's do this work here. And that all ties into the confidence and the trust and the pieces. So it's perfectly okay if you are listening to this and you're like, I don't even know how to trust myself. I don't feel confident in my business. I certainly don't feel like a leader. This goes back to something I wanted to say that you were talking about earlier. It's not too late. That is the beauty of all of this. And I catch myself telling myself it's too late. If only I had known this sooner, instead of that, it's I'm getting this information at the perfect time where I'm ready to receive it, where I'm open to actually doing something with it. We could have recorded this podcast 15 years in the past. I would have thought it was great because it is, but you know what? I wouldn't have absorbed shit from it is really Mm -hmm. what it have come down to. Like if you're listening to this now and it is hitting home for you, it's because you're ready to actually do something with this information. It's the absolute perfect right timing. It's not too late. And that is where you shift and reframe the mindset into that growth focused mindset. Like, Ooh, I have this information. I can do something with it now. Yeah. And and that's the best news about confidence for me. It's not a fixed character trait. It's not something you were born with or born without, or that it's too late or too soon or whatever. It is something that you can choose literally anytime you want. And like everything in life, the more you practice, the easier and stronger it, it gets. But that was an interesting discovery in, in my learning about confidence. A lot of us think confidence is a feeling. It's either a feeling we have or we don't, or we woke up with or we didn't, or we're having a good day or we are not, you know, so we feel confident or we don't. Confidence is a choice. Mm. And, and that, again, for me is super empowering, knowing that I can make that choice. And by the way, we're all making the choice far more frequently than we give ourselves credit for. If we had a bad day and we need to go pick up our child, we somehow dust ourselves off and show up as our best selves more often than not. That's an example of choosing confidence. If you had a really bad meeting or or got a rejection from a potential client, and then you have a next meeting on your calendar, we somehow show up to that next meeting, a better version of how we felt before we got That's an example of choosing confidence. We do this in our lives. The opportunity is to do it on purpose and to keep practicing it. Yes. I love that piece, the do it on purpose, right? And to always be curious about what was the learning there, right? What was the thing that was hard and how did I get through that? And then that becomes part of that data that you put on your list to learn to trust yourself because you were capable of doing it. And it's those teeny tiny things that matter. I just want to illustrate the, the concept of a scarcity mindset versus growth mindset based on this really quickly, because I think this would be helpful to some people who are still, you know, embracing the idea of mindset. So when we're talking about being a confident person, if you're catching yourself saying, I'm not a confident person, that is where the scarcity mindset or the limited mindset is showing up. So to switch over into the growth mindset, it's how do I become a more confident person, being curious about it, knowing that you can change the thing. It is not fixed. So fixed, but versus growth, right? So how do I become more confident in small attainable steps? What can I do today to start feeling more confident in my body, being curious, but in a forward motion type of way, knowing that you can change your current state, right? It does not define you. And so simply that, simply switching that belief into, oh, I don't feel confident. 
but how do I start to become confident? Yeah. That is momentum in itself. You, you right just there. hit so many nails on the head. I don't even like know what to do or where to start, but I, 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 <laughs> it's, it's so good. I often look at a moment and go, I didn't choose confidence in that morning and in that moment. Interesting. I try to be curious about it. What was it about that? Why? You know, so again, it's going back to this choice. I didn't choose confidence in that moment or in that period. What does that tell me? What can I learn from it? How can I grow from that? And then as things come up, just this, like, I'm just choosing to trust myself. I'm choosing to trust myself over and over second by second in some cases. But one thing that you said that kind of just triggered this thought that was the most surprising discovery so much so that I didn't buy into it for like a couple of years. And that is that failure, missteps, mistakes, loss, pain, all of those things serve to build our confidence, not damage it. They serve to build our confidence if we choose it, if we let it. And then the last thing I want to say is, as you said, little steps. It's so, so, so important. We as women often think like we got to do the big thing as opposed to breaking it down into the smaller action steps. So like I, I always use the example of this woman that I was coaching, she really wanted to focus on prioritizing her health. And it was like, well, okay, what's the action step? And she was like, I'm going to work out seven days a week. And I'm like, okay, but how many days a week are you currently working out? Well, I'm not, but I'm, I'm like, okay, time out. Let's break this into a smaller step. And after a bunch of conversations, she's like, you know, I, I'm going to drink uh, 60 ounces of water a day. She's like, but that's so stupid. And I'm like, why is that stupid? And it's so small. It's, I'm like, dude, you're not currently doing it. Mm. And there isn't a nutrition person alive that doesn't think water is important, right? Like there's all these debates, but that's not a debate. <laughs> and you can collect a victory. And then once you have that victory and you've built a little bit of trust, then you can build the next victory and a little bit more trust and a little bit more trust. And then eventually, if you choose it, you might trust your way into working out seven days a week, or you might trust your way into realizing that wasn't the answer anyway. I, I'm not sure yet, but starting with small actionable steps is the key, not going, you know, jump into the deep end of the pool and see if you can swim. Okay. So you just teed up my next question perfectly. Let's talk about how coaching and mentorship and having support helps with this trust and confidence building, right? Yeah. Tell me like your thoughts on that versus the, I can do it myself versus I can do it with people. Well, I mean, let's be honest, both you and I are, you know, get shit done, do it ourselves type people. So this took me <laughs> a long time <laughs> to accept and to figure out. So here's what I would tell you. Perspective, interpretation, perception, these things matter so much. This is mindset, right? So the same event could happen to 10 people and all 10 of those people will see the event differently. So perception and interpretation matters. And the reason I believe coaching and surrounding yourself with other people, other women is so important is because there's this universal truth that we can't see things as clearly when we're in them. It's always easier to see something clearer from the outside looking in. So I'll give the analogy of like, you can't read the label from inside the bottle, mm. right? And so what I think 
outside perspective, whether it be a coach or a mastermind or a retreat or a group of friends or a spouse or whatever, what outside perspective does is it helps give you the available option to see something differently, to see a different perspective, to choose a different interpretation, to choose a more productive and empowered interpretation. I can't tell you how often a client will come to me and they'll talk about a situation or a challenge or whatever, and they see it the way they see it. And I'm like, that's interesting. Is there another way to see it? And sometimes they can see it another way and sometimes they can't, but it's like, here's another available option. It's just understanding that we are meaning-making machines. And if that is true, if, if the things that are happening are in fact neutral events and we're the ones bringing meaning to them, then the good news is that we can bring a more productive, more empowered interpretation or meaning to literally everything in our life. And sometimes that outside perspective, that interpretation from somebody who's not inside the bottle can be so powerful and helping you shift your mindset or your thinking or the available options or, or, or all of that. Does that answer the question? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just so helpful to kind of paint that picture, especially to people who maybe haven't invested yet in mentorship or coaching or whatever at this stage of their journey. And like, what does that even mean? Because in, in your podcast that we recorded, you asked me about true grit and hustle. And that's how I built my business. I didn't even know that business coaching was available to me. And so sometimes I think back and be like, what would that have been like if I had support right in the earlier stages, freaking amazing. However, I think that it's challenging to really understand all of the benefits and the true value that comes with aligned coaching and mentorship if you've never experienced it yourself before, right? And that it's scary. It's scary to make that investment for so many people because working with a great coach or a great mentor and getting in the room with people who are really going to create transformation for you, it's an investment. It's an investment financially and in terms of time, like you've got to be committed, like don't invest in coaching when you're distracted with something else or life is happening or whatever. I've definitely done that. Like sometimes life happens, but what I'm saying is when you're ready, usually what I'm seeing, and I'm curious if this is what you're seeing, people have a hard time moving forward, even though they desire it because they're not trusting themselves to get what they need out of it. Yeah. Well, and and here's, we talked about different perspectives or interpretations. A lot of times people see hiring a coach as an investment in a coach. I don't see it that way. I think of it as an investment in myself and an investment in my growth and my development. And I have yet to make an investment in myself or my growth or my development that hasn't paid off. Maybe not always in the way that I thought it was going to, but 100% of the times that I've made an investment in myself, it is paid off. And and that's what I think investing in, in a coach is. The other thing too, is it's like anything in life, you get out what you put in, right? So do your due diligence, find the right coach for you, find the person who's going to ask the questions. And that's really what coaching is, is asking all the best questions, right? Because the assumption is you have the answers, there's just a lot of noise and a lot of shoulds and you're inside the bottle and all of that. So, you know, this person's going to help you figure it out. But 
man, I don't know what that would look like to hire a coach and not get something out of it. I've never experienced it. I don't think I've ever worked with anybody who's experienced that. But that's because of the way that you are approaching it. You're investing in yourself, not in the coach. And I think that you just nailed something that I, I never even thought about it like that in terms of verbalizing it, right? It's, it is, I'm investing in myself, but I hear people say all the time, well, I don't know if I should invest in this program or this coach. How about you look at it? Is this the the right investment for you? That changes everything in terms of how it feels. I'm going to tell another story here. I made a huge investment last year in a coach and I'm saying it specifically that way because that's what I was doing. I was investing from a place of there must be something I don't know yet in order to get myself to the next level. There has got to be all of these things that I haven't yet figured out. That coaching experience was not what I expected it to be, but here's why it was valuable. I was willing to look at the other side of it and say, what did I still learn from this? What I learned from this and the value that I got out of it was I already know everything that I need to, in order to be as successful as I desire to be, I need to trust myself more. I also learned that I need to look at the types of mentors that I'm working with at this stage of my business through a different lens. I need to truly understand, do they understand my journey? And do we have aligned values in terms of our definition of success and what is important, right? Are they going to help me by asking the right questions for me, instead of trying to change me into them? Mm -hmm. Another thing was a lot of the advice I got in this coaching container felt wrong to me out of alignment, but I was paying big money and I was trusting the process and I went with it, but I was not trusting myself and it shifted a ton of things, the wrong direction in my business. And it has taken me nearly a year to get back on track where I already was in so many different things, but the learning and the value there was still immense. Mm -hmm. I learned that I already have exactly what I need to continue to go forward. And it has changed absolutely what I'm deciding to invest in now in my business, right? And how I'm moving forward. So be really careful with the lens that you are looking through in terms of making investments with coaching. Make sure that you are investing for your own self and that there's alignment there, but that will change everything instead of like, this person has to have the answers. My friend, you already have the answers, right? Trust that you have that and, and look for somebody that can help bring those out of you. Well, and it's interesting too, that we have this lens that a coach is only supposed to teach us the right things, the things we want, the I've invested in myself, in my learning and in my growth. So I shared the example earlier about social media. I was paying, well, I still am technically nine grand a month to this social media team and, and they have delivered, right? Like in, in growth and results and all of that. I don't consider that a waste at all. First of all, they were incredible. They taught me a lot. They did deliver. It was doing it that taught me without a shadow of doubt, because I I couldn't have thought my way into this. I had to experience my way into it that I now know internally in my body that social media is not the place for me. And I don't have to question it anymore. I did it the right way with the right team. I I don't regret the dollars because I learned and I grew in the, what's not meant for me. 
And that helped me narrow some things down that helped me answer some unanswered questions up to this point in my business. I don't know. It, it, it just, we yes. learn so much more for the things from the things that don't work from our missteps, our pain and our failure. And I'm not saying it's fun to experience those things. I'm just saying we do learn more from them and all of that is worth investing in. Yes. I love that you said to experience your way to that learning or to that decision. And so that's a big thing for me is like experiencing my way to new levels of growth. I get that from working with mentors, being in masterminds, going to retreats, the experiences that I get from simply being in the energy of other people. And sometimes it's through mentoring. Sometimes it's through coaching that always yields something that results in growth. So the experience leads to the growth. When I don't invest in myself, things are stagnant. And that doesn't mean necessarily with my bank account, but with my creativity, with my joy, with my, oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Oh, I need to be in this person's world. Like there's these vibrations that only happen from investing in experiences for propelling my business forward. So I'm going to add this one thing. I'm curious your thoughts on this. Sometimes I do feel like a ball in a pinball machine pinging off of everybody's programs and good ideas and coaching and because there's so much available to us nowadays. So this really goes back to trusting yourself to figure out the right coaching, the right person, the right message at the right time and and trusting that you'll learn some things even if if you get it wrong. But like I often say not yet, right? Like somebody will reach out to me and I'm like, God, that sounds amazing. That sounds like it'd be right up my alley, but I'm already invested in this thing and I don't want to muddy the waters and be, you know, I think there is such a thing as being overcoached, right? Like where you're testing out 17 different things and you can't really tell what's working anymore. So like really being, being clear about what is it that I need right now? What is the most important? What are the biggest priorities? Your, your coaching, your masterminds, your resources should really align with whatever your key metrics or goals or like your definition of success. So we talked about this earlier, like my definition of success includes some income and some lifestyle but I have never hired a coach that is like publicly money oriented or talking about income or whatever, because it just doesn't land for me. That's, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it doesn't align with me. And I'm going to trust myself that that's not the right fit for me, at least not yet. Yeah, no. Yep. I just feel like you could have taken all the words out of my mouth. I think that being overcoached is absolutely a thing. I think that being really honest with yourself about your intention is super important. And an example of this would be if you're like Nicole and I, and are really, you know, driven by the strategy and the planning and more heavily in the masculine by nature, you may find yourself being drawn to some type of a program to continue to layer on your skills. But is that actually what you need? If you trusted that you already had enough of that, what would it feel like to look at having a coach or a mentor being in a program that was more introspective, that brought more awareness to who you were as a leader, how to learn to trust yourself more, all of the things that actually probably make your skin crawl a teeny tiny bit 
that's a sign that that's actually where you should go. I last year after the, the situation that I described before, I went a different path. I then worked with an Enneagram coach and then a human design coach and really dug into me and knowing me and anybody from the outside could have been like, well, why are you doing that? Right. To know who I am more as a leader, all of that work changed a lot of decision-making a lot of how I was showing up my confidence, so many benefits and so much growth that was very, very qualitative and not quantitative. You didn't directly see my bank account or my sales or the number of clients, but guess what it did? It made me more valuable to my family, certainly more valuable as a coach and how I was supporting the results for my clients and how I ask questions and it on top of just making me feel really good. And so yeah. that alone was the right decision for me, but it took experiencing my way through some things that weren't as aligned and then realizing, Ooh, I'm chasing the thing that I think that I need that I totally don't need. And when I got really honest with myself, it was like, Oh, you actually need yeah. to do some of this work on the feminine piece of yourself. And that's hard. And I can relate too, but I want to make the distinction between knowing that something's not meant for you versus that something is uncomfortable, right? So like at this point, I'm saying for me, nothing against social media, it's not meant for me. I just know it in every part of my being. Having said that, being more masculine and, 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 and going into trust and flow and surrender and ease and listening and all of that, those things are uncomfortable for me, but everything in my being is telling me that that's the opportunity. So I'm hiring a coach that isn't comfortable, that isn't in my normal, like, let's create a business plan and put the strategies in place and lead indicators and lag indicators like that is, I'm not saying it's not important, but it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much I'll get there. I'm I'm hiring people who get me out of my comfort zone because growth is what happens outside of your comfort zone. But there's a difference between comfort zone and not meant for me. And I yes. think that's the really listening to yourself and, and making that distinction. Like I've had I mean, conversations that were really challenging and they helped me grow. And I've had conversations that were absolutely inappropriate. <laughs> But you need to know the difference, right? Yes, 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 absolutely. And that comes with learning to trust yourself more, knowing that this is the right decision for me, trusting yourself to move forward. And I will tell you that just having this conversation alone, like this comes back to my Enneagram work and the human design because I'm an Enneagram six. Trusting myself is some of the hardest work. It is harder for me as an Enneagram type six, a lot more than an Enneagram three or an Enneagram one or a five or whatever it is. But I learned how I can personally navigate through some of those roadblocks so I can trust myself better and faster than I have in the past, right? But that was from getting curious, learning about myself and then creating specific strategies for me very different type of coaching, like you said, than just traditional business growth coaching or, you know, strategy development or marketing or whatever the thing is. So figure out what 
would feel really great to you in terms of expanding you. Because chances are you probably have enough know-how of the thing that you're already good at. You don't need to keep diving into that. It's more of that expansion piece of things. Yeah. Okay, my friends, this has been amazing. I want to wrap up this discussion with what is one thing that you, if you could choose just one thing to have this audience work on in terms of building their confidence or their trust, but not building their skills in terms of their hard skills, but building themselves as a leader, one simple little thing that anybody could start doing right now today, what would that be? I would say to practice communicating kindly to yourself, right? We talked about head trash, the negative self-talk. There's a meme out there that I love that says, you spend the bulk of your life inside your own mind. You might as well make it a nice place to be. And that's what I'm talking about. So practice giving yourself grace the way you would anyone you love. So like if something happens in your life and your head trash starts going, one of the simplest things I say to myself is gentle, gentle, gentle. And I just say it over and over and over again as a reminder to myself to stop the noise and say to myself what I would say to my daughter or what I would say to you or what I would say to anyone I love because the way we're talking to ourselves is not serving anybody mm-hmm. and certainly not building confidence. I love that. And it's free <laughs> and you can do it in your pajamas. Yes. And it will transform you. And so that is just a gift. Nicole, thank you so much for being here today. And we are going to put the link in the show notes to the first part of this episode that we recorded over on Nicole's podcast. So make sure that you go over there and follow her podcast and get her book. We're going to link that as well. It is amazing. Validation is for parking. I have a signed copy, which I feel pretty special about, but I'm telling you that Nicole is somebody that you want to follow along with because she is a true leader and she's the real deal. And if you know me even a little bit, you know, I don't say that lightly. So thank you, my friend, for being here today. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you too. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you're looking to join a community of female entrepreneurs focused on the growth of their online business, be sure to check out the Uplevel Lounge community on Facebook. As always, you can find all the links and information mentioned in this episode at melissafrolick.com. See you here next week.